uh, welcome to uh, the Skyrim 10ED uh, wrap-up show. Uh, probably surprised to uh, get this in your feed, but um, after uh, the long break that we've had and with uh, issues with the DM, uh, we kind of don't feel that it's... Um, that we can continue the uh, the show as it is. Um, uh, not anything said about it. It's just um, I don't think that I can do the story justice um, the way it is at the moment. Um, I think it would uh, it's just best to get the story out and then maybe start something new or something different. But um, I think. I would just like to say to start off that uh, yes, it's a, a sad and I'm really sad about it ending. Um, but I also want to say thank you to um, all the players who joined me, um, Victor, Andrew, Pat, and Ray, and for fantastically playing all the their characters, um, Luke, Barty, uh, Mouse, and Jaquai. I had an awesome time, and uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to our guests that we had on as well. And uh, all the the listeners and all the supporters uh, like uh, uh, Michelle and um, was it um, a freighter and, and people like that who sent in sort of like emails and saying that, you know we really liked the, the show and really appreciate all that. And uh, again, as I said, I'm sorry I couldn't continue, um, uh, but I really appreciate it and I had a crap ton of fun every time doing it. So thank you very much. Um, but uh, tonight we're going to lead in with um, the big reveal, the wrap-up show, and um, reveal where their characters came from and where they were going, and hope where I had sort of like you know had planned for those characters uh, in the, in Skyrim, uh, and also why I had to have plan uh, what I had planned to happen in Skyrim around these characters, and see how they were going to react to uh, everything that was going on in the world so um, hopefully their players got uh, some questions or um, ideas of where they thought things were going and then we can move them from there so uh, the rest of the guys unfortunately Andrew couldn't join us because you know uh, the world sucks at the moment and uh, he's getting the shitty end of the stick more than most so uh He's doing all his responsibilities at the moment. He can't join us, but we're joined by Victor, uh, Pat, and Ray, uh, who you know better as Mouse and uh, Jaquai and um, Luke. So, uh, welcome, guys. Alan, how you yeah. doing? Trying to unmute. Ah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Desperately trying to unmute. Sorry. Hi. <laughs> Well, um, I wasn't really sure how to start off the show. Uh, I didn't plan on starting off like that, but uh, it, it, I kind of rambled on. And you know, I did ask the guys to like you know jump in there when they caught me rambling, and uh, it looks like they've fallen at the first hurdle there. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, it never really felt like it got to the total ramble stage. Yeah. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Uh, uh, I, 
I was getting tired and sweating from the brow, pushing my, my, my hat up and sort of like, you know, wiping the spread out with a, with a dirty tissue. But uh, uh, here we go. Um, so we're going to start off tonight with the, with the character reveal of um, Andrew's uh, character. Um, that uh, he was given, uh, this is his, um, what you would call it, um, when I came up with the characters, when we started off, because I'd never... Well, never even played D&D before, let alone DM the game before. Um, I selfishly did the thing of like creating the characters um, and then sort of like, you know, ishing them out to uh, the players. So um, it's not the usual way of starting off a D&D game, but uh, I was a little bit nervous. I didn't know how to deal with um, sort of like incorporating elements of... Um, everybody's own ideas and what they're going to bring into the game and it was it wasn't planned to be a big campaign really it was just kind of like you know uh, an open-ended one shot i think is what we called it right at the start um but it, it then kind of like snowballed of where i just kept on coming up with more stuff and then i asked the guys if they, they were interested in doing more and more and and they uh, generously did so but um at the start of the show, I think we started off with an introduction to Botia in the very first show, so we might as well start with Botia again. Um, so, what Andrew was given from me was um, this little list of like Bard level 1, uh, age 20, and race Bosma, he gains animal friendship, medium armor class, hit points, alignment, blah blah blah, proficiency, acrobatics. And persuasion, performance, goodness rolls, Tuka's uh, personality, personality trait uh, for uh, Botty was I know a story relevant to almost every situation. So that was Botty. Is that it, it would always end up relating back to the what do we call it to uh, to the Dragonborn? Sort of like oh, this is what the Dragonborn did then and that sort of thing so um horror ideal oh there was a, a little fun fact is that when i did give the um which we call it the uh the list uh, of what the character was like all the proficiency bonuses and the skills and everything like that the armor class uh, to andrew i had forgotten to put down sex so andrew actually chose <laughs> the body to be uh, a female so that was completely his decision and like i was surprised that's why if you listened to the very first show you remember me going oh and then <laughs> i kept on introducing andrew's character as a guy the whole time so i was telling pat oh there's a guy there's a male phosmer standing next to you and then suddenly andrew comes out and starts going on about Botty. she is a blah 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 she's so so <laughs> uh poor luke started getting confused like oh uh, uh, okay <laughs> let's just roll with it <laughs> Well, I, I don't I don't remember that at all because it's so natural because Andrew is is uh, known for for playing female characters in Skyrim. So, I, I didn't think anything about it at all uh, uh, at the time. So I, I don't know, Bray or uh, Big Picture, were you on the first show? Yeah. Oh, you're you're muted, Victor. Uh, uh, no, I don't. No, I wasn't. Um, yeah, that's, that's why I thought you popped in real shortly thereafter. Yeah. 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 Yes, I'm at in. in. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. <laughs> That's right. It's not ale pies. We did not sell ale pies. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that, that was a, a little tidbit. Um, I thought it was the Alpo in, but I... I... <laughs> uh, let's see. First of all, so, uh, her ideal was the world is in need of new ideas and bold action. Um, her bond was, here we go, I idolize a hero of the old tales and measure my deeds against that person's. And uh, flaw, I have trouble keeping my true feelings hidden. <laughs> my short, sharp tongue lands me in trouble. Uh, and then you have like all her spells and stuff like that. So, uh, as to Botty's background, is I really shortchanged Andrew on this, and um, some of these things going to be bad. So, um, she did grow up in uh, Valenwood, and. Um, she was taken to like you know the, the local inn or stuff like that or uh, I think she no, she lived at her, an inn her parents like ran an inn and stuff like that and she used to like when the bards come, would come in and sing and all that but she used to get bored of that she preferred the stories and the tales and then one day this Nord bard came through which was Talsgar the Wanderer Start and started telling tales of the Dragonborn, and she was absolutely fascinated. And uh, he was there for a good long while, like a few weeks, and she literally heard every story five or six times, and being told again. And she was fascinated and awed every single time. And that's why she wanted to um, go to Skyrim, uh, like to listen to the hero, and and that was pretty much it. Um, can't seem to find any of my audio files that I sent out uh, for the characters anymore. But um, that was basically uh, Botty's background story. Um, there was no, um, you know, <coughs> parents murdered by you know strangers in the night. There's <laughs> uh, there's no sort of like you know evil Daedra coming out from like you know the shadows and kidnapping you know, her brother or sort of like enslaving her family or anything like that it's just uh she was just a normal happy girl grew up all happy nice and free and you know she loved the dragonborn and she wanted to like you know bounce around all of tamriel learning more stories and finally go to the place like the birth of uh who she thought was like you know the greatest hero of her of our time and like you know, go to the land of where he like you know, then to see the places where he was and where he went. But um, from there, obviously, she when she arrived, um, there was um, like a couple of things that she missed. Um, let's see, probably the first thing that she missed was, um, you know, when you guys got to the standing stones. For the first time, and we had Luke touch the standing stone, and he had that revelation come from Kain. Is um, what should we call? It? I think was that uh, Victor was asking about the the standing stone, um, and I said to him, it was like, yeah, you know them. Um, they don't do anything. You know, they're nice, they're pretty, and the Nords go on about them all the time. But you know, they pretty much don't do anything. And then obviously, it, it all changed when uh, Luke touched it. But the thing was is that neither Botty nor uh, Jaquai went anywhere near the stones. They never checked any of the stones to see if they would do anything. Uh, if Jaquai had to go to the stones, again, nothing would happen. But if Botty went to the stones, um, something would have happened at each and every one of the stones. Ooh. 
she could have activated him. So she could have, um, if she went to the Maidstone, um, she would have gotten uh, Arcade Recovery, um, which is like a wizard's, um, uh, what should we call it? I forgot what it's called. Uh, it's like a like a trait that they have, like an ability that they can um, meditate, take a short rest, an hour and a half, and regain a spell slot in the middle of the day. So instead of having to sleep for the whole night, uh, if she went to the warriors um, one, I don't think I could remember. I think it was um, what do we call it? Get. I think it was something like a like use a bonus action uh, to do an extra attack or something like that. Uh, and then there was the uh, the thief stone. She could have gotten advantage on stealth rolls. Ooh, wow. Uh, and there's like a, a real big reason that comes up later on. But yeah, she never went anywhere near the stones. She was like, oh yeah, they're all nice and pretty. And so like, but we were all too involved in sort of like Luke's name because obviously Luke, he um, went to the warrior stone, obviously being Luke. Uh, but if he went to any of the other stone, I think actually you did, didn't you? Oh gosh, I don't recall. I don't recall if I touched the other ones or if I just did the one. I might have been so flabbergasted by the one that I didn't even think about touching any others. Yeah, uh, if, if you had to went and go to the other ones, you um, it would nothing would have happened. It was only the warrior stone. Ah, okay. For Luke, um, but um, what you might call it, um, Jaquai's stone. If you go, if you had to combine it, the only one that would have messed with him would um, been the steed stone. And he would have gotten even faster. That would have gave him an extra ten <laughs> foot of movement. Um. So <laughs> he would have jumped from uh, up to forty and then up to fifty. So he would have nearly had double the amount of speed that anybody uh, in the game would have. Um, and then uh, for Victor, um, sorry, Victor for uh, for Mouse, uh, it would have been the Shadow Stone. That's the only stone that uh, would have activated for him. Now, where, where are those on the map? Uh, the Steed Stone is north of Solitude, um, right near, um, whatchamacallit, um, Dragon Bridge. You know, if you're Dragon Bridge, you go north of Dragon Bridge, up to, um, uh, I can't remember where. Pa it's up past... Yeah, there's a fort um, right there. Yeah, it's past Meridius. Uh, you know Meridius statue? You go past yeah. that and go up north. So, you know, it could have led them there i'm sure that i would have been able to come up with something to get them there and then uh, shadow stones if i uh, rifted yeah shadow shadow stones uh behind, behind <laughs> south of rifton yeah and the steeds near fort ragstad right some, some yeah Europe. yeah it's the one that you clear out for the imperial uh, yeah th that's ragstad yeah yeah you would have gotten um little uh, uh which we call it invisibility there for that obviously you wouldn't have been getting there for much later in the game yeah yeah uh, wow. so but um, uh so fr from there uh so Botty, um and she could have acted all, all all of them and gotten a little boost from any of them um because um well it kind of leads into a little story with um Luke, and then it sort of like bleeds into the rest of the main quest, because the the main quest was gonna show uh, was actually gonna start at the end of the last episode. So um, you guys, um, was it you got to what should we call it? Um, 
uh, White Run, and then you start heading out and doing a, a little quest, and you, you got went to, to Veterans Retreat, right? Yeah, Veterans Retreat, and um, just near there, uh, you went in, you saw that necromancer, um, and sort of like you know he was like very odd. He went in there, he killed all the what do you call it? The uh, the bandits, all the bandits, all in there. <clears throat> and then you had a, like a discussion with him, and he's like, uh, and he was actually in the original game. Did anybody get a clue as to who he was? Hmm. Uh, he was, uh, if you remember, he was a, a high elf, um, and he was using conjuration magic. He he summoned himself a, a gargoyle. And he was very sort of like you know uneasy and sort of like you know very on edge, but he he was also very pro Dragonborn. You remember when Barty came in, mentioned something about the college, and then he said, "Yes, yeah, the college—that's where the Dragonborn. He's the like the the master wizard, and not uh, is it the 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 Archmage. That's it. He's the Archmage. He's very jubilant about sort of like you know how awesome the the Dragonborn was. Yeah. Uh, he was actually Orthorn." Oh, <laughs> Orthorn. Orthorn who survived. Yeah, yeah. who survived in uh, the uh, the quest for the Mages Guild. So when yeah, he went yeah. in, the, and he sort of like you know he's the one who stole the books from the college. Yeah. Uh, if you rescue him, he sort of like says, "Oh, I'm gonna leave and like I'll give it a few months before I go back to the college and everything like that." He never ended up going back. That's <laughs> I always... who you met. <laughs> I always take Orthorn up to up to the the boss lady up there and then sell him out. <laughs> I mean, he does deserve it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I always like the the fight when it always sort of like you know leads you down the easy route to get through and all yeah. that. I always I prefer the fights. So. <clears throat> what you go? Yeah, but that's who he was. So. Interesting. Um, cool. And um, he was going to. He had a sort of like you know. Well, his role would have changed depending on obviously what what happened in there. Either he would have died, or all you guys would have died, or you know something would have happened in in that room. So, um, so you you went in there, you spoke to him, and then you left, and then you came as you came out of the um, what you call it the the cave there, right on retreat. You were informed that uh, just down the road you seen this electrical storm surrounding a mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, then while the storm was going on, it looked very unnatural. It was like, you know, a cloud in the middle, like just halfway up the mountain that were like, no, it wasn't. Um, it, it, well, I've already said it, it wasn't natural. And you see lightning comes down. And then while this was going on, you also heard, heard a shout. Um, I can't remember what it sounded like, but it was going to turn out to be the uh, disarm shout. Mm. But that was going to lead you guys uh, to the main quest. But you, I, I mean, I, I was, uh, like, you know, it was the, the thunderstorm. There was the shout, and then you asked Mouse about it. And Mouse was like, "Oh, there's an ancient Nord ruin. It's about half a day's trek just that way, and it leads into a mountain." And blah blah blah. And then you guys went, "Right, well, let's go and find out these other bandits, and then head back to White." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, "No." But, <laughs> but, but, um, isn't that always okay? the, the, the yeah. lot of the the DM though? Right? Yeah, yeah. Players right. never do exactly what you want them to do. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, 
all right. So that uh, that was my like you know little of where I was going to try and because I I was in two minds after that after you guys left, I was like, well, what do I do? Do I just say? And just hold off on it, and then just pause it until you come back that way, and then like try and like entice you guys over there again. Or no, that's because uh, I already done the thing. You know when you went to Riverwood, and you arrived at Riverwood, uh, and you met the the drunken uh, wizard in in the what do we call it, uh, uh, Yorick, and, and you were in there, you had a small conversation with him, and then you left. And I was like, because my options were like, all right, we can go once again to Riverwood. Uh, and then I'll we can go and talk to that person. This person's going to have these ideas and let them know this. They were going to find out, possibly, um, who the... Oh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, what, what was the guy? I can't, I can't even remember himself. The guy's name that everybody said that Luke looked like. Uh, well, that um, we we never found that out, I don't think. I think that was... Yeah, no, our... you, you, you would have found out in Riverwood. Oh, okay, okay. Who he was, and I can't Remember what I think his name yeah, was. Yeah, it was like the Pale Warrior or Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like this, that. Like, yeah, this uh he oh, was the guy who um uh, the guy who rescued George, George and Lenny, and it was the guy who rescued George from the um whatchamacallit, the <coughs> the Thalmor patrol. So George uh, uh, and her dad just arrived at Dawnstar um with um, what you may call it from um, uh, where the red guy lived I can't remember the, where the, from Hammerfell uh, and they arrived there by ship to try and avoid the Thalmor but they end up getting caught by them anyway by a random patrol and just as they were um, on the road um, they got attacked by no, his name's not coming to me okay um, but um, one of the things that um, Pat always said is that um, he looks exactly like the um, the Nord that you see at the very start of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, generic Nord number one. Yeah, <laughs> generic Nord, the very first thing, like yeah. the very first face that pops up, and he looks very similar to a guy who you also see at the very very start of the game. Rayloff. Exactly, yeah. Rayloff's there. The, the hero who uh, wiped him out is. Because uh, the story is coming from the Dragonborn is that the Dragonborn escaped Helgen with Wayloff. Oh, okay. Okay, but then the Dragonborn joined the Imperials hmm. and wiped out the Stormcloaks. And then there was going to be like a, a little thing like so. Rayloff absolutely fucking hates the Dragonborn now. Oh, okay. Because see, what they were best of friends, like you know, not best friends and hang out all the time, but they saved each other's lives lives getting out of Helgen and it was going to be this whole thing of like you know if you met up with him and that sort of thing but yeah if you would went into Riverwood you would have met up um with uh, Gerda if you'd hung around long enough <laughs> <coughs> you would have met up with Gerda and she would have seen Luke and went oh my god you look just like my brother oh. Raylock <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> <laughs> so you actually would have found who he was um well, by that point, we had taken, <laughs> you know, so many detours. Jaquai yeah. was hell bent on. <laughs> That's right. You yeah. know, yeah. on getting to uh, to White Run to try to find out uh, yeah. about his brother. 
because he wanted to talk to the Ch the Khajiit caravan. Yeah, and he still he never did. No, he, he never, never did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I see. So yeah, so we went to um, uh, yeah. So that was my dilemma. Is that uh, that's what I was saying? You you met that guy, the Yorick, and was it? when you got to Whiterun, you were there for a couple of days, and then a couple of days later, you seen Yorick again. But because you didn't stay around in uh, Riverwood and sort of like, you know, like follow up with him to find out how he knew all about it, because you guys were supposed to prompt him to stop being a drunkard and get on with what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, and that was going to encourage him that he had to leave and go to Whiterun. So he was going to go there with you. And he was going to end up going into that cave with you to fight that troll. But because you guys left, he went on and tried to move on his own and his uh, boyfriend with, with him. And those two on their own ended up having to fight the troll. And that's why he nearly died. So I was trying to prove with that little storyline is that if you guys do something or <laughs> if you guys don't do something, there's going to be consequences. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was trying to say. So I, I already put that in motion. So I was like, well, no, they, they, there, they saw it, it was happening and they ignored it. So I'm going to have to, what do I do now? Do I try and like force it back on them? Um, in another way, do I hold back as if it didn't happen? So that was my big old, like, you know, where the storyline was all kablooey for me and I didn't know where I was going to go. I was just going to continue along. Like, you know, you guys going back to, uh, white run and get the reward and then see where it lay from there and what I was going to do uh, or if I was going to spring it on you because that's as I said that was going to be the start of the main quest so had you guys um, taken the bait and gone to the ruins you would have been, like you know found out that <coughs> it was a landslide and it opened up some more Nordic ruins that led up into the mountain and you were going to go in and it was going to be this long cave dive of where you're going through and there's uh, like nearly all of the Draugr are all dead and most of them are all um, dust um, some of them are dead like you know beaten club to death uh, like well death again I don't want to, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you can never explain how to kill yeah, them on dead yeah, yeah. yeah. Dead, right? like you beaten re-dead yeah. so and you've got to go to a same similar situation of where you went into uh, that necromancer's lair where you're going around and there's like no bandits in there it, you just go all through it. Everything's already dead, and you get right to the very end, and it's just like the one guy who's already killed everything. And that was going to be the same sort of story. So uh, there was a few secret rooms in there. We're going to go in where there's going to be a live draugr where maybe Mouse could get you through by lock picking his way through like a certain gate, and it'll take you in a different direction. Um, <coughs> there's also traps to sort of like you know that you couldn't get past, that maybe this other guy could get past. But it was going to go through. All of this uh, dungeon, which is going to be a nice big dungeon called leading all the way up the mountain. And about three quarters of the way, you actually catch up with somebody else who's in there. And the person who was in there was the guy that you heard about in White Rock, which was Holden. And he was the other um, cleric of kind that you'd heard about from um, Danica, Pure Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard that there's been a, a, another, um, and he's he was like a level twenty um, cleric, so he was max level, had like you know all the bells and whistles and everything like that, the next spell. So he was like tearing through this um, this dungeon against all the undead, 
with ease just on his own and he was just like wiping everything out and there you guys would have like you know met up with him and um he was a real nice old man um how was it a uh, long gray beard big white uh like fluffy hair um uh, was a bit a scar on, uh, above his lip uh, that you could see through the beard um and he was just um like several wise and you all sat down and like you know he he said like you know he's going to need a short rest while he was going through and you all like sit there and talk to him and he'd ask like who you were especially you luke mm-hmm. like, you know with like you know where you've come from <clears throat> but he'd want to talk to you and he just talked and talked and talked he just wanted to talk like forever um but at one point i was hoping that he was going to have a conversation with Botty. Sort of like asking, like, you know, why she was in Skyrim, why she came there, and he was hopefully going to turn it around to get to Botty saying that, like, she just arrived in Skyrim because she wanted to, like, follow the Dragonborn and blah, 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 and that's where it came back where, like, she had kind of, like, a really, um, like, a hollow background story. She's just, like, happy-go-lucky, nothing really happened in it, uh, and then he was going to turn around and say to her um, that, um, uh, to misquote a very great man um, sometimes people come to Skyrim um, to tell their stories and other times some people come to Skyrim to write their stories and goes, I feel that you are the latter so he was misquoting um, I've forgotten his fucking name Cod- uh, Codlack from the Companions and he was saying that that's who he heard this from and um, he had heard this quote and he misquoted him <coughs> but he was trying to make Bobby feel better about sort of like you know uh, of who she was and why she was there and then you'd get through um, and then go to the top uh, and then <laughs> hopefully not get yourself killed uh, fighting the Draugr Death Lord with the ebony sword <laughs> <laughs> in the final room where he would face off against it and you guys would like you know he'd tell you all to stand back and Sort of like you know, as you as you watch them fight, um, and then after you finish that, then there would be a door that would lead out through outside to the top of the mountain. And as you got to the top of the mountain, uh, that's when the ancient Draco Lich would have smashed the top of the the door out, and there would have been like uh, a fifty foot tall Draco Lich, ancient Draco Lich. Um, basically, uh, imagine Durnavir. Uh, like a dead uh, decomposing dragon sat on the top of a dragon womb um, but he has no head but his head is made up of purplish energy so his head has been set, like all the rest of his decaying body is there all his wings his tail his talons there on his feet they're all there but his head is missing all there is is like this sort of like oily black sort of like smoke where his head would be and glowing black uh anybody take a hazard guess of who he is before we if you know who that would be you kind of got a little clue about uh, in back in uh which we call it in white rock but he no but he noticed it uh, back in the throne room at um Dragon's Reach. The skull. Yeah. 
Numenex. No. His skull was missing. Oh. Um, his skull was missing from uh, the thing. So, um, obviously, there's there's no answers there. It's like, you know, how he is this? What? Wh why? If his skull is missing, why isn't it here? Blah, blah, blah. That's like you know, later on. But you would have met up with uh, Numenex uh, just at the top. And um, as you got there, uh, Holden would have like obviously been shocked and sort of like you know you're just like all about to die, <coughs> and um, Holden would have said, "It is good to see you again, old friend. Do you remember me?" Uh, and he would have been trying to buy time uh, when he realised that um, Numenex was not only like. An ancient dragon. He was also completely insane, if you remember that, from because uh, uh, Parthamek said that he was uh, driven insane um, by loneliness, being trapped up there. Um, he was also insane. So I was going to have to roll dice to see what he would do, <laughs> whether he would answer him, whether he would try to eat him, um, whether he would like you know fly away. So it would be a random thing of what he would do. Um, at that point, that's when um, which uh, Holden would have turned around to you guys and said, uh, stand together. And hopefully you are, all you guys would have been all roughly grouped together, obviously, because you just come out of the doorway. And that's when he would have shouted at all of you. And it would have been a mixture of uh, like Battle Fury and... Um, oh, I've forgotten the name of it now. Uh, the one that makes you... Um, immaterial. Uh, the one that is so become kind of ethereal. Yeah, well, yeah, it makes you become ethereal, and uh, it would have been a mixture of that. And he would have sh uh, Holden would have shouted at you and made all of you um, become ethereal, mm. and then he would have told you all to jump. So you all, he he was advising with uh, you to all jump off the mountain to try and escape from him um, whether you guys did or didn't because you're the become ethereal shout or that shout um, would have um, only lasted a minute um, <coughs> but it was going to ensue from there you're going to watch either Holden and this um, dragon that. Uh, at this point, you wouldn't have known who he was. He wouldn't have said his name or anything like that. I was hoping to sort of like drag it out to see if it could like, lay little clues and then discover it later. Um, but a, a fight would have ensued with, um, what should we call it, with Holden and this dragon. Um, but eventually, Holden <coughs> against a Draco leech definitely would have lost because he was fighting in that dungeon all day long, using up most of his spells, especially up against that. Um, Drug a Death Lord right at the end. He only had a short rest just before he went out. Um, so, um, as that ensued, he ended up probably would have been dying. Uh, that's when um, Luke would have found out who he was and why he was in Skyrim. And it turns out that um, Luke wasn't looking for a guide. Uh, Luke kind of was the guide. Uh, because Holden wasn't uh, Holden, he was Parthenax in human form. <laughs> and he would, um, there was a the Draco Lich uh, killed Holden, and 
as he was dying, obviously his soul was coming out of him, but it was going to be coming out. Obviously, the soul would have been turning into dragon, and that's when, because uh, he's uh, was his Parthenax has been with Kine or in service to Kine for thousands of years. So he is like you know the ultimate. Um, he serves her the, like you know, obviously the longest, so and they're like great friends. She's the, he's the one that she went to to teach man the shout, uh, how to shout, all like this. So I, I was like writing it as in they have this like mutual friendship, and that's where it came from. And obviously, there'd be thundering lightning, it'd be pissing down a rain, and things like that, because she would not be fucking happy that this was happening. Um, and as this was happening, um, Numenex would have pulled out this device that um, looked half dwarven, but then in the, in the middle of it, you would have seen what um, I would say possibly Mouse, but nearly definitely Luke would have noticed that this would have been like a, a dwarven take on Azura's star, mm. only just on a massive scale, looking like something that would consume a very large soul. So it looks like it is something that was trying to consume Parthenax's soul and hold it and reside it. <coughs> Obviously, um, I was ha planning on you guys doing something to try and prevent that. Um, and which McCallic Kine herself would have stepped in. Um, I had various ideas of where things could have, like, you know, interrupted. Uh, I even had um, Orthorn. He, he um, was going to pop in at some point as well, seeing all of this happen. Because um, he's kind of involved. Because he kind of uh, works for the same people that uh, uh, Numenex was kind of working for or working with. But um, kind of not. But it was going to get to that point where um, to protect Parthenax's soul. Um, he had to choose instead of going up to Sovngarde because you, because Luke would have seen um, sort of like you know going up to the gates of Sovngarde, um, opening up uh, to try and accept Parthenax's soul, but he would refuse to go because uh, he needs to find his friend and that would come into play later. Um, but instead of going, he would have tried to stay, and to stay he needed somewhere safe, so he would have entered into the body of a human which i was going to say was more than likely seen was coming down to a uh what you would call it a uh, uh a charisma check would have more than likely been body right. and his soul would have entered into body and body would have kind of become a pseudo dragonborn oh, yeah. um it, it would have later once she got to higher Rothgar, it would have come out that she's She's more like a vessel. She's storing Parthenax's soul. She hasn't become a Dragonborn, so she can learn shouts. She can go to the walls and know what the word says and read it. Uh, but she can't consume Parthenax's soul to be able to learn the word. But with the help of the Greybeards and a new radical Greybeard who's up there, uh, he, he, he was mentioned... And you never found you found out. Did you have a, who's the new radical greybeard? Do you have any clue who would have would have been? Zarendar. 
No, but he was kind of like in the zoo, but it was um, uh, Vilkas from the Companions. Remember when you went to the Companions and you would miss them, and at the end of the Companions quest line, he you know, he regrets what he does. He doesn't know what, where his like, you know, loyalties lie anymore. And he was like, you know, he was regretting wiping out everybody, and he went off to find peace and solitude, and he ended up up with the Greybeards, and then sort of like ended up studying with them. And he was the new radical one who all the Greybeards were like, oh, we're not going to teach you, and he was like, I will teach you, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it, it, obviously, that was all dependent on everything of what you guys did of where you went, because for all I know, you probably would have ended, ended up in Soul's time after that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as I say, with like you know. Um, yeah, leading back, like you know, quite a few episodes before that, um, uh, George and Lenny, it's like the the plans of mice and men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of like the leading into pretty much covered the end. And that was my plan of that's where the main quest was going to see. It, um, it was that I was kind of at that point, you know, getting up into the mountain and leading through all that fight with uh, Newman X and Parthenex that was kind of like just dragging you through like a cutscene. Like, you know, and I hate cutscenes, <laughs> especially like in Witcher 3 and all that, but I would have been kind of dragging you through a cutscene at that point, because mm. uh, all of that stuff I did have planned that was supposed to happen. And I was thinking, well, once we get there, I'll, hopefully we can keep it brief enough and it'll be interesting enough and sort of like, you'll have it, but obviously um, the which is the, the story didn't go that way, and then we had the whole COVID start, and uh, then uh, Andrew had to work like was it two till two or something like that in the morning, yeah, yeah. something like that. So all his hours got blocked up, so he never had any free time. So, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry too, um, but um, that would have also led into who. Um, uh, while this was happening, um, Kine would have been speaking to Luke to tell Luke who he was, and he would have gotten a vision of um, back in um, was during uh, while um, Botty is dealing with her stuff because after uh, Parthenax dies, and um, what I was going to say was. Um, the, the lightning storm that Kine would have created up when Parthenax died um, would have been all concentrated on Numenix, and that would have either scared him off or done enough damage to him that he had to leave. Um, or, as I said, I had a rolling uh, thing of uh, chances of where he would have to leave if it rolled the one way because he was crazy. So, uh, anyway, while this was happening and part, uh, was body was knocked unconscious after she received the soul, uh, Luke was going to get a vision from Kine because it's pissing down rain, the thunders or lightning storms and things like that. Um, what should we call it? Um, Luke would have got a vision of the what should we call it? Ah, uh, the the Great War, the one that happened. Uh, if you look in the game, happened 30 years ago with the Thalm. And you would have seen, um, you would have been looking through this person, some other person's eyes, and they would have been holding a shield and a mace, like you do, but they were dressed in imperial armor. They're an imperial guard, or an imperial, sorry, an imperial soldier. 
and as his eyes sort of like adjust to where he is, he looks over and he sees like you know, in a, uh, was it uh, a commander and his um, second in command, and if with the right history roll, uh, it would have been pretty low. Uh, you would have realized that it would have been Balgruff, and mm. I've forgotten his house Carl's name. What's his house Carl's name? Irileth. 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 You would have noticed that it was those two uh, from White Run. And they were um, having a fight with these Thalmor at a farm. And as you're fighting at the farm, you get close to the house and you look above just the door and it would like, you know, been revealed that it was the house, <coughs> excuse me, of um, uh, uh, Ice Walker. Yeah. So it would have been some of these houses. And there, so you would have been fighting against these Thalmor and. Just as you win the fight, um, uh, an Imperial runner would come up saying that the Great War has ended. And then, as you were doing that, you would have heard crying, a baby's crying, and you would have found a baby in the crib. And gone and looked inside uh, this crib and see that the only survivor on this farm was just this one little baby. And it's sort of like all wrapped up and things like that, and you're like, uh, obviously, you think to yourself, like, who is this? That's where I was going with it. Um, and then another, uh, like, an intelligence role is that Luke, we never, like, nailed it down, but he was kind of, like, mid-30s. Yeah, yeah. And the Great War ended 40 years ago. So you know for a fact that this baby who you're looking at is not you. Yeah. So uh, the vision continues, and then you're fast-forwarded, and then you're sitting on the back of a car, and you're heading towards Right Run, and in front of you is Balgruff, and then Irileth just ahead of you, and they're heading off towards Right Run, and you're still sitting there, you've got the same shield and the garden, sort of like you're holding the baby in your arms, and uh, as you're getting close to the gate of Right One, Balgruff turns around and goes, are you sure you wanted to um, take of this baby you're like you know you you sure because um the people are going to come looking and uh, and he goes you you hear yourself speaking and goes no i will i will take the responsibility um she has no one else and as you get inside the gates and um you're looking up and then you hear yourself say uh, welcome to white one lydia hmm. <laughs> now so we're leading into Luke here so what on earth possessed you right because it, it just totally flabbergasted me is that like your, uh, it turns out that she's your cousin uh, but what on earth possessed you to name your character Luke Icewalker when I was going to have you to be like you know the cousin of Lydia Luke and Lydia <laughs> and it, it it was just like, and there's like, there's more stuff later on. Uh, but after I, f I heard your name, oh, that's funny. No, it was just, it was just a dumb Star Wars joke, you know, Luke Skywalker, Luke Icewalker, you know, that, that's all it was. It was nothing, nothing more than just a dumb, a dumb Star Wars reference. <laughs> and I didn't even get it myself until after I heard your name, and like literally like three episodes later, and then I was thinking about it, and I was like Luke Skywalker, and then Lydia, um, but yeah, and. But you would have seen this, and <coughs> you've seen this video of Lydia, and then it would have led back. 
because you kind of wouldn't really have known who Lydia was. Yeah. But anyway, the, the vision pushes forward again, and then you are running towards um, which we call it the the Western Watchtower. And Irileth again is a, you're in White Run, and you're heading you're running towards the Western Watchtower gates. And there's um, was it you're in White Run uh, armor. And there's white one guards all around you, and you're all heading out to this watchtower, and it's been absolutely destroyed. Next to Aerolith, just ahead of you, you see this hooded figure, all dressed in robes, running with her alongside her, and you're heading up. And you go, and as Aerolith is running up, you hear her say, "So where is this dragon?" And you head towards the Western Watchtower, and it's just the, the it all blurs and sort of like you know it sort of like shoots forward like quite a lot and then pauses the scenes where you see the dragon coming across the watchtower and again you see this hooded figure casting spells and then summoning up what seems like this creature from like um the pits of oblivion that shoots that's made of fire and shoots flames um it's like fireballs to try and sort of like attract the dragon but just as you um as the dragon lands and you all are in the middle of this fight trying to get it, um, it's you, Irileth, is right facing against the dragon. You're to the side of its face. And again, that hooded figure is right next to Irileth on the opposite side. But you think you're going to get the killing strike. Um, like, you know, all the guards are there at the wings, like it can't fly anymore. And then just... Before you think we're gonna, you see the dragon sort of like lean back, and you've seen it before as it's just about to shoot flame, and it's just about to shoot flame um, at this hooded figure. Um, you end up bashing it with your shield and turning it, uh, uh, forcing its head in a different direction, and the flames come and hit you all in the side of your face, and you feel it burning your eye, and burning through the coming through the mask and burning uh, the side of your face. Uh, and then it flashes forward again when you're walking in uh, the streets of Whiterun and you see this woman walking forward and she goes like, you know, hello father and then you look back at the face and then it's the oh, fuck's sake um, I've got the guy, the guard that you met in Whiterun with the dragon bone shield um, and I forgot his name fuck's sake I can't find any of my notes but um, yeah, it turns out that that dick <laughs> that you guys <laughs> met uh, that dragged you up um, in into uh, White Run, yeah, yeah. and um, sort of like made you go through that spell of where they tell to find out who you were, because he knew that Lydia, her family was um, Ice Walker. Oh, okay. Um, that's her dad. So when he found out that your name was Ice Walker, he was like, "What the fuck? Why is he here?" Um, he's lying. He's obviously lying. They're, they've come here. They've come and looking for it. It's the Thalmor. The Thalmor finally found her, and they're coming to wipe her out. Um, that's what he was thinking in the back of his mind. Um, but yeah, it, it was unbelievably dangerous for you walking around telling everybody that your name was Luke Ice uh, Luke Icewalker. Um, because yeah, the Thalmor after all the Icewalkers are going to try and wipe them out as like viciously as possible. Wow, which we'll get to later on, um, if there's time, obviously. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, 
you guys have any questions or anything? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I need a drink. I, I, I think that's I think that's a pretty deep uh, deep 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 dive on Luke. I mean, I think I think that answers I think all the open Luke questions. Um, obviously, there you know that that that's uh, was the was the Holden high level cleric character was that was that inspired by anybody in the game or is that something you you just created for for the story? Uh, yeah, no, that was um, that was uh, part of Max if you would Okay, um, so that that was okay. That was yeah, okay. Uh, that was, uh, and it wasn't it, it, his choice. He was, uh, there's some, uh, what you call it, level 17 wizards, which uh, the Dragonborn is, have some very, very powerful spells. And um, instead of killing him like the Blaze wanted, and the Dragonborn refused, um, he still knew that with um, Delphine, um, if and with like the blades becoming back to prominence again, like you know, get, building up strength, yeah. that if they wanted to kill him, they would probably eventually get him. No one like how resourceful and how cunning uh, Delphine is, um, she probably would have gotten to him eventually. So, um, Dragonborn's plan was to say he did kill him and and then hide him in human form. Uh, <coughs> he didn't want to do it. He was kind of, you know, coerced. He eventually relented and sort of like, no, but the, the spell cast on him to turn him into human form um, was the, the dragon. All right, cool, cool. And uh, he, he just wanted to go out and, uh, what do we call it, uh, sort of like, you know, discover all the word walls in human form and go and sort of like, you know, even though he still knew all the shouts and everything like that, he had all the powers. Uh, and that's what I was going to lead in with Botty. Botty was going to, like, you know, like, like go to the. Have you like felt any whispers of a word and all like that? And the, the graybeards was like, we've heard of us. Well, um, you know, you probably would have been sent to a dungeon here, there, and which you would have been able to discover a word. And, and I was gonna try and work out this whole system of what shouts she could use, because obviously they would have been able to translate into different spells from D and D. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was kind of obviously trying to limit her powers. Of like you know how strong they could be, when she could use them, and stuff like that, and you know the recovery from it. So, um, what if, so, uh, so I, I my my big curiosity isn't about about uh, Jaquai's brother. So what's what's what was the story there? Um, I see the. I mean, Ray, is there anything that you wanted to start off with? Like, you know, an introduction? Um, well, so so Jaquai was left at the monastery by his brother. Um, and he was um, in a... Um, the, the monastery was... Uh, the order of the, the order of the whispering band. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> I was I was always anticipating at at some point, uh, you know, running into uh, um, you know somebody from uh, the Dark Brotherhood that would uh, would uh, tell the story. Um, 
you yeah. know, of the werewolf's attack. And then also maybe, you know, I thought maybe something might happen with um, when we met up with the companions. You know, if that was a, uh, you know, just a, a werewolf thing. Yeah, so there's actually uh, quite a lot of tie-ins there. So uh, with uh, Jaquai, um, he was brought to the monastery by his um, brother, uh, Zan Renda, Zan Ren at the time. And I think your earliest memory of him was um, being sort of like claws in, digging into his back or something like that as he was jump jumping over rooftops. <coughs> and then obviously bringing you to the... the uh, to the temple to be looked after the, the master and then you spent like you know the rest of like you know the, the last few years just there on your own training in solitude training under the master that sort of thing uh, and then you got the letter uh, saying uh, somebody was looking for zen when uh, zen when da and uh, they knew that he knew the master and they asked the master if they knew who he was and obviously this is your first lead so that's why you went to skyrim um so um, that sort of like you know where um, Luke uh, had that tie-in. Um, well, actually, there's a little bit more with uh, Luke that comes a little bit later, but it, um, he's tied with um, Botty a lot more than he knows, uh, or a lot more than he knew. Uh, but also with that is that. Um, Gone, isn't he? <laughs> um, um, he was not Luke. Um, Mouse and Jaquai were actually tied together as well uh, in a lot more looser way. So then we can also go over to. So if we can go to Mouse, we can probably do this uh, like the two of them at the same time. Okay. Uh, if you want to like introduce uh, Mouse a little bit. And how how little? <laughs> Where should uh, I go with this, Colin? Uh, well, do you guys have any? Have you guys had any suspicion about Mouse or? Uh, uh, don't have to say what, but just just curious, you know. Uh, where where should I go with this, Colin? Uh, I can start. So, yeah. so Jaquai's uh, only suspicion was is that you know, <laughs> that Mouse was the most unlucky and worst guide. Yeah, never met. Yeah. <laughs> was, well, well Mouse did have a tendency to sneak off into the woods at, at, at sneak off, sneak away at, uh, at 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 every moment he had. So there's something know, going yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there was one particular place where he sneaked off a fair amount, but I don't know if you remember that. Um, should I go for it, Colin? I think so. I, I think. Okay. Uh, All right. So be easier to go through it. Yeah. So so uh, so Mouse. Uh, it's true. Mouse uh, uh, was uh, uh, raised in Skyrim. Um, at the age of roughly fourteen, uh, he didn't lose his aunt. He lost his mother. Uh, his father was already gone, and he was sent to the orphanage in Riften, which he hated. Uh, he left the orphanage and went back to his real home, which was in Windhelm. Uh, Mouse, his real name is <laughs> Aventus Aretino. Nice. And uh, so he made this uh, story up since, and he dyed his hair and, and uh, made this story up because he knew that 
he was semi well known. He knew that you guys wouldn't really know who he was. Uh, but uh, so after the events uh, in his house and uh, the uh, now one thing was never clear to me. I, I wish you could hear Colin's uh, recording that he sent me because it was awesome. And I, I was just looking for it. And it, I've changed computers since since all that. It's still on my old computer. Um, and the, the thing that he wrote for me was was really great. He left he left it to me to make up my fake backstory, uh, but uh, uh, but essentially what happens after the events of, of the well, the only thing that wasn't clear to me, Colin, was uh, the person that comes to the Aretino residence uh, is a a shadowy figure of of the Dark Brotherhood, not the actual Dragonborn, correct? No, 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 it was the Dragonborn. Okay, so it was a little unclear because, because so what happens when- well, yeah, yeah, well, I, obviously, um, Arantino, you would know if I told you, but uh, Aventus, he wouldn't know. He genuinely believed that that was somebody from the Dark Brotherhood, so I had to tell right. you that it was somebody from the Dark Brotherhood. Right, because later, so, so as Colin's uh, background, uh, progressed uh aventus uh makes his way eventually uh to the dark brotherhood finds it in ruins he's you know he's developed this this great uh uh sort of deification of, of the brotherhood right um he finds it in ruins uh learns that it was the dragonborn who destroyed it comes to hate the dragonborn which is why luke was always or why uh a mouse was always sneering at body um, and uh, takes up with Babette um, and uh, she kind of trains him uh, and then not, not long before he meets you he's gone out on his own to, to sort of make his way into um, the one place where I thought something not bad but where I thought I was going to be outed was in when we first got to Whiterun because uh, Mouse is also friends with Sophie uh, in Colin's background. And I was prepared to have to hide from Sophie if she showed up somewhere, but she never did. So I was, was she going to at some play, point there or? or uh... Yeah, so Sophie, as you guys know, is the orphan girl that you can pick up in Windhelm. Yeah. And uh, she is a, like a major... Um, character was going to be a major character throughout the entire show oh cool so she um hooked up with aventus arantino because obviously she was living rough um in the game you know she's out there she's selling flowers but in in our game um the only place that she could stay at night was that she broke into aventus's house because she thought it was abandoned she didn't know that he was back in there fucking worshiping um so doing the black sacrament <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's in there where she says that she breaks into his house so she can have somewhere warm to sleep, and then they end up meeting each other. So, what you guys uh, wouldn't know, and um, she was uh, a professional, well, she wasn't a professional, she was a thief. Um, so, all that sweetness and stuff where she's in the game where she's selling flowers, she's picking her marks. <laughs> she's picking, like, you know, getting around, and the, the you know, the, was it, the, we call it the, the quest that you get from the the vendor of the the shopkeeper in 
uh, Windhelm, where he says, "Oh, I think I've bought this ring, and it, like Vio uh, Gardano's yeah. stolen ring. Can you bring it back?" He got that from Sophie. Sophie's <laughs> the one who, who stole it and sold it to him. Um, so that was going to be the whole thing. So uh, with Sophie, just to get in that she uh, obviously got um, in um, Aventus's um, storyline. She did get adopted. She finally found a mark dumb enough to take her in and adopt her. And she was trying to convince Adventus to come with her. Like, you know, if she can convince him to take uh, her, then he can follow along and then sort of like, you know, when they get to his house, then Aventus can sort of like, you know, slowly move in, all that sort of stuff. But no, he was hell-bent on, like, getting the Dark Brotherhood operative to come and kill Grelod the Kine. And um, while he was there, the Dragonborn sort of like met with Sophie, but also heard all about Aventus Arantino from the guards and things like that. So he he was seeing this is where it led into him betraying Rayloff and joining them because he seen how not only how badly the Nords treated uh, the Dark Elves, but how they treated their own kids, uh, fucking shipping Ventus Arantino off, uh, leaving Sophie to wander the streets uh, because her uh, was her mother, I believe, was joined the Stormcloaks and died, and I believe it was Ventus's father who was a Stormcloak and he died, and then yeah. later on. The mother died uh, due to the cold or something like that because I think she was an imperial. Because um, yeah, I think she was an imperial and his dad was a Nord, but you came out imperial, let's just say. Um, but that was the uh, the story there. But um, throughout the main quest, you were going to run, you were going to run into Sophie, so she was the daughter of the Dragonborn. But you were going to meet her, and <laughs> I was going to fuck with the rest of the guys because you're going to hear a story about this master thief um called um the snow fox <laughs> with your name what was your name again septimus um, fulpin yeah septimus fulpin <laughs> and i was going to say there's this master thief that's going around fucking out and stealing all this shit and they're called the snow fox uh, but it was going to turn out that she was her it was her and she was as you guys were playing um, she was going to be playing through the Thieves Guild main quest line. Oh, cool! Um, because it, it, the Dragonborn never hooked up with the with the with the Thieves Guild, um, so they were still in disarray, and it got so bad that uh, what should we call it? Um, Mercer Frey. Um, what should we call it? He ended up like literally obliterating it he finally got enough uh, and got all his plans together stole the eyes of the farmer took all of the gold in the treasury and fucked off and disappeared with and he still has um what you call it nocturnal's key the the key he still has that uh and that's where it translates over to jaquai's story so jaquai's story is that He's in order of the Whispering Fang. And god damn fucking Mouse. <laughs> when Mouse first heard the order of the Whispering Fang, and this is what uh, fucking Ray was talking about earlier on, I asked everybody, and especially you, Mouse, to make a, a history check if you should remember. <laughs> and if you remember in the, in the, the thing I gave to you, is that uh, Babette used to tell you tales of everything that happened uh, of all the other assassins so of Astrid um, and Astrid's husband who was a former companion and also a werewolf 
and when you in the game when you first walk in he's telling a story of how he just killed a Gajit. Uh, they said he was a trader. He wasn't a trader. He was uh, a master warrior from the Order of the Whispering Fang. That's you were deep, supposed. That's to... a deep dive, man. <laughs> so you were going to hear the story of like how this guy was going on and remember it from when Babette was telling you stories about all the other assassins that this guy had killed the Order of the uh, a monk from the Order of the Whispering Fang a few years ago. So, it was kind of like, what would you do? You heard this thing of like, you know, Jaquai's here looking for his brother, but you hear this thing of where this guy has um, murdered. What would you do? I, I, I generally ask, ask him, what do you think most would have done? I, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> in, in the moment, uh, I don't know what I would have done. Um, yeah, so that's where you were probably going to get your first tip of like you know where, but but you also met up with. Um, uh, so oh sorry, any comments on that, right? Well, Jaquai would never have believed that that was his brother. Right. He he would believe that his brother was still alive. That his brother wouldn't have been bested by, um, you know, <laughs> some you know run of the mill, you know, werewolf assassin. Right. Uh, actually, it was him, but he wasn't killed. So, the the, the true story that, um, um, what do we call it, um, Mouse would have only been able to find out by talking to Babette again. Because I think, I'd like to think that Mouse would have heard it and not said anything, but wanted to find Babette to, like, you know, to talk about it. And sort of, like, you know, find out it was actually true to find out if... Zen Rendar is dead if he was murdered, and it would it would have taken a long like you know securitous route to find this, um, but it would have turned out that um, I can't remember his name, but uh, is it Arnwolf, Armbjorn or something like that? Is Astrid's husband? Obviously, he's a werewolf, so he is bonded to go to the hunting grounds when he dies. But he doesn't want to go to the hunting grounds. He wants to go um, to uh, where is it? Uh, the void. Um, with uh, when he dies, the void to be with Astrid. Right. So he want Astrid. She's like you know all about Sithis and everything like that. So he wants to go with her. So um, what you got? Um, he is got the contract to kill Zanrendar. But he's also given a task by her scene that if he brings, uh, like, herds, like, you know, in his chasing of hunting down, trying to kill Zen Rendar, he can force him to a place where they can have the greatest prey of all, uh, and then force him to be, like, you know, to where um, uh, her scene can trap Zen Rendar in the hunting grounds, in the plain of oblivion. The hunting grounds. So that's where Zanrendar was. He was in the, the the plains of oblivion on undergrounds, being hunted by all of her scenes. Um, sort of like you know all all the ones that were werebears and werewolves and things like that. And Armbjorn would have been there as well, 
and you could have you Victor sorry Mouse as a member of the of the Dark Brotherhood he would have definitely parlayed with you um, but only if you had uh, was it your weapon because you each had a weapon that you could probably find that would be the most beneficial to you only if you had the uh, uh, I've got now I've got the name of that fucking thing uh, the Blade of Woe Blade of War, it's the blade you get from um, the Dark Brotherhood questline right at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, the blade that uh, Astrid uh, has on her. Um, but the, there's one person who's out there. Oh, uh, um, sorry, did you have any questions? I, as I said, I can go off on tangents and end up, like, you know, <clears throat> talking all night. Uh, just this one little thing is that. Um, you know the the guy who was in charge of the Dawnstar Museum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Sil he was Silas or whatever his name was. Silas, right? So he was uh, an Imperial. Uh, but you guys, like you know, traveling around, and hopefully you were going to get to this, is that because um, the the headquarters of the Khajiit were in uh, Dragonbridge. Once you got to Dragonbridge, where hopefully uh, Jaquai was going to meet up. Um, with um, the, the arrest of the Gajit to find out more about his brother. Um, you got there, and they've got in Dragon Beach, they've got this Penitus Oculatus outpost. As you arrived there, it would have been a staged event that when you arrived there, that there would have been guards everywhere. They would have been questioned everybody. And in the middle of the floor, you see um, a dead body um, posed in a very uh, particular way with a nightshade flower and with um, a black book and a dagger and then this hand print in blood on the door of the penitus oculatus with a little message below it going we know <laughs> so it would have joined up again of where sort of like Jaquai and uh, and um, a mouse would have sort of like you know the Kajita right there, and then Mouse is seen, and stuff like you know, this is <coughs> this is obviously a message left um, behind by somebody of the Dark Brotherhood, and it, there is two Dark Brotherhood operatives, and one of them is uh, B uh, Babette, but the other one is pretending to be the the museum creator uh, curator in Dawnstar. But he's not the museum creator. It's fucking Cicero. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where if Cicero was around somewhere. Okay. Yeah, he's like living it up up in Dawnstar because he got the Dawnstar sanctuary right around the corner, and he came in um, and went to the, the museum. Was all closed up, like you know, that guy fucked off, and then he like learned of the stories of of who this guy was like you know and he thought to himself this is crazy the mythic dawn are nut jobs why would like you know this guy is obviously crazy that's a lot seemed like a lot of fun so he decided to start playing this guy who who <laughs> some reason loved the mythic dawn and he was going to trap you yeah it was going to be this whole thing of where you of oh, i was going to see how it could get there but of getting mouse of him either kidnapping mouse and trapping him inside there and it would be this fight to see if you were worthy, and then eh, if you could get through it, mouse, get all the way to the end, and not sort of like you know end it with him just like getting rid of you. And I don't mean kill. There's a few other ways it could have gone. It depends on how you like treated it. But if you had got it, gotten all the way to the end, 
uh, you would have found out that Mouse was the listener. Ah. <laughs> so, and that's how you would have found the Blade of Woe, because you would have known um, where um, Astrid died out in that okay. cabin. Because she died there with the Blade of Woe on her. Uh, it doesn't happen in the game because you don't get the Blade of Woe in the game. But obviously, if she has the Blade of Woe when she dies there, the Dragon Ball killing her. Um, because he was the one who killed Greta the Kind and she got in contact with him. <coughs> uh, probably out there to blackmail him. But actually, it was a trap by the Dragonborn. Is that he literally went there to kill Greta the Kind to steal their kill. And so they would get him because they were sending assassins after him. Because obviously, you get those notes saying, and they're always signed by Astrid. Um, but when you got to the room, you would have known something else was wrong because there would have been three of the dead bodies. And you know the three bodies that she lines up, he would have murdered all of them and Astrid and then just like left her body there and everything. So you would have known something was off about uh, the Dragonborn. If you didn't already get it from Helgen. You remember Helgen? Oh, that's a, sorry to quiet and sort of like going off somewhere as, uh, again, but... It's just a little thing for Victor because I, I saw his like you know his, his I think I saw his heart drop um, very early in the game when I said that um, um, uh, Ulf Ulfert what's her name Uthgert Uthgert yeah uh, Uthgert was dead when he got to <laughs> when he got to White Run <laughs> yeah. but remember when you guys went to Helgen and you seen that body it was fucking melted into the wall and it was like a message from the dragonborn so I'm like you know anybody touches me and mine and sort of like you know should burn and sort of all and <laughs> all that sort of thing um the the reason why he'd done that is because a necromancer had taken over uh helgen and he was doing other stuff and didn't get a chance to go out there but Uthgood was close by so she went to um what you call it to, to wipe it out to, to like you know clear out all the skeletons and to kill this necromancer but he got the best of her and then soul trapped her mm. and the this like you in the wall you saw that there was a like a broken great sword and so it was just the blade part that was jammed in that wall and that was her and if you guys have ever gotten there i was going to do this real great thing is like you know like way way down the line if you ever got there, you would have went to the Soul Cairn. Oh my and god. She is in the Soul Cairn and she's like kind of trapped, but with um uh what's his name? With the dragons um name Jonavia, with his help you would have released her. And she would have had this like, you know, giant broken greatsword, like you know, like a phantom greatsword, like a ghostly type greatsword, but which broken in the middle and sort of like, you know, she would have been like you know, formidable power, like you know, trying to like wander around the soul cairn. Then I was gonna try this like epic, like you know, end fight where at the very end we do this massive fight. Is that her and Dernavir? She comes out like Dernavir gets summoned. And he, he uh, Dernavir comes out and she's riding on his back and stuff like that. So yeah, so Dernavir, she wasn't like thrown to the wayside. She was like you know, given this real like place of honor type thing. But we just never got there. Mm. So, so Victor, what, what, what were you when you were you sneaking off to talk to Babette? Is that where you're sneaking off to, or is it something else? I, I was sneaking back to visit the the, the wreck of the, the the Brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she wasn't necessarily there. I wouldn't. I didn't really know how I could get in touch with her through the, the rules of the game of the D and D. 
so I, I wasn't quite sure how, how to do that. Part of part of my you know uh, my my lack of skill at playing D and D is sort of hampered my ability to play mouse well. I think so. Uh, plus my shitty rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, um, there were, there was going to be a couple of points. I mean, you um, you suspected. Um, uh, when you were in when when you guys met um, Mjol the lioness, where she was the leader of the companions, mm. and uh, there was this thing with the dawn guard, and she, um, what should we call it? Um, she said that she was like looking for this um, little bitch and all that, and I think you kind of suspected, but yeah, um, she was framed for murder. Well, I say for murder by quote uh, Maven Blackbriar um, hired Babette to murder what's that guy's name that's always hanging around Mjol in what in Aaron or Aaron or, or Aaron yeah. yeah murder him inside the house cover Mjol with blood and everything like that and then uh, it kind of went a little bit wrong and Mjol caught Babette in there so she saw her, but obviously um, Maven had all the guards bought and everything like that. So she was accused of murder and was going to be locked up um, by Maven in in the jail cell for basically the rest of her life. Um, but um, she was broken out by the Dragonborn and stuff like that. So she so left and she went off to uh, like got lost in sort of like you know fighting battles and sort of thing, and then ended up joining. That's a nice twist. I like I like that. She makes a very a perfect uh, uh, Arbinger. Arbinger, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's see, uh, back to uh, Jaquai. Jaquai was got his storyline, obviously with the Khajiit and buying uh, maybe Helgen and that sort of stuff. That sort of like just happened in the game. But to, for him to be able to find his brother, obviously he was going to have to get that tidbit of information um, from here. But it turns out that the reason why, um, which we call it, um, did I already reveal that bit about um, why he was uh, no? So Maven Blackbriar, um, she commissioned. Um, the Dark Brotherhood to go after Zen Rendar, and she was asked to do it for a favor um, by um, I forgot his name. I said it earlier on. The who was the leader of the Thieves Guild at the start? Mercer Frey. Mercer Frey. He was. He asked them to kill because he knew who Zen Rendar was, and Zen Rendar. He was um, uh, a part of like a. Um, uh, what do we call it? Uh, uh, a monk uh, thing up in uh, elsewhere, but if you get down to the like, you know, the really deep secretive part of his uh, monk faction that he was a part of, they actually worshipped Nocturnal, mm. and he was being sent by Nocturnal to Skyrim uh, to deal with Mercer Frey. But obviously, uh, obviously, everything got completely fucked up. So, um, for you to be able, to, for sorry, for Jaquai to be able to get 
uh, it was going to be like a, an entire series long. So, well, when I said Monk with Jukai, I was I, I always imagined him being a little bit more patient. <laughs> <laughs> but then every week it was like, let's get to there, let's let's move on, let's get things. Because um, he he would been waiting like years, and he's sort of like out in solitude on his own. I I really did imagine him um, of being more patient. But it, I was going to try and drag it out through the entire game of him being in the, in the search of his brother. <laughs> um, well, his his flaw is inflexible thinking. So, hung hoisted by my own petard, as they say. <laughs> um, the what should we call it? He, um, yeah. So he was the only way for him to get to the hunting ground. Was your um, what you call it? Uh, you and Mouse, um, either of you two were supposed to um, have. He is a Mouse is a pro relationship, but with Sophie, and Sophie was going through the Thieves Guild trying to bring it back to prominence because it's basically been obliterated by Maven Blackbriar since she became um, Yarl after the Silver War. Um, she now owns basically everything and the thieves guild so all the old guard had left because it wasn't she was just basically telling them exactly what to do treating them as hired mercenaries not treating them as thieves guild to be like you know to be true proper thieves so um they were being recruited by this like new thief this uh, snow fox and that's because she wore all black, had really pale white skin and bright blue eyes. And that's all you could see because she was always dressed in black. And you can only see the really bright sort of like sapphire-like eyes. And Mouse probably would have... No, Mouse wouldn't have... No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have recognized them at all. He would have fucking rolled a one and walked into a wall <laughs> and drowned. Yep. Drowned in a barrel of, you know, cider or something like that. But um, yeah, either uh, Mouse or Jaquai, um, because of with his um, what do you call it, his uh, stealth ability, would try, probably try to be recruited by her because she was trying to restart um, the Thieves Guild, and using her connections uh, with the Dragonborn and stuff like that, um, sort of like with Delphine, she's got access to, she can probably ask Delphine a thing here or two, and uh, like probably steal most of the information like reading diaries in her own house and stuff like that she would have found out about um Brynjolf and and she also has access to a lot of powerful magical um, because she always appears out of nowhere that means she because she had a, a ring of invisibility and um she also had um what do you call it um a bodyguard and i can't remember them for the life of remember her name for the life of me but uh, remember um, uh, the uh, <laughs> it's going to sound really vague but you'll remember it if you sort of like if you did it often enough is you come across um, a dungeon uh, a Nordic dungeon and as you get close to it you see this woman uh, bandit coming running out and they're all attacking her that's on the road and, to Dawnstar yeah 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 and she and she's um, she kills all those bandits Oh, it's the pale lady. That's the quest. Yeah. It's the pale lady, yep. because she's the friend of the Khajiit, 
who wants to take the sword back to the pale lady, bring it down into the bottom of the dungeon. Uh, well, I, I think her name was Erica Blackheart or something. It was something along those lines. Hmm. Um, and yeah, she says, "Go ahead, you know, do, go in there if you want." And then she takes off, right? Yeah, because if you read through the, yeah, if you read through the books of like Kier was the name of the guy who was like the bandit chief, and he's the guy who had the sword, and the the Khajiit was trying to take it back to because the pale lady wanted the sword back and it was driving him crazy. Um, but if you read through the diaries, they go on about how clever she is and sort of like you know she reorganizes everything. So um, I think in that, um, which we call it, uh, she makes a name for herself. Sophie hires her. Isa Blackthorn. Isa Blackthorn, there you go. And Isa, and she's uh, she acts as a bodyguard, but actually she's like this confidant to give her this lead into the entire thieves guild hmm. and sort of like you know how to get information on it and that sort of thing. Um, but you, she would have gone to you eventually, or you would have come across each other, and she would have definitely recognized you straight away, Matt. She would have known who you were, so she'd probably see the talents that are around you, and you could put to good use because uh, this is the big reveal: is that the Dragonborn is missing. He disappeared a year ago, and nobody has any idea where he is. Hmm. And she, her plan, unbeknownst to the one in charge of her, or the one in charge of everybody, Lydia, um, who's kind of like the mother, but also is like second in command, and sort of like, you know, and trying to lead up the surge of all his allies, of where he is, where he's gone, and she, there's like great spells that you can do, like locate person, but they can't find him, and if he was dead... They'd be able to find with local person be able to find his dead body. They'd know where he was. So she's thinking that what they need is that he's on a different plane and he's trapped somewhere and probably in the realms of oblivion. So um, she gets wind through her connections that the key that Mercer Frey has has can gain you access to different planes of oblivion. You can use the key. To be able to get into all these different planes of oblivion, and she can use that to try and search um, for her father, and she'll probably entice you uh, if you can lead and get the story somehow. Obviously, this was going to be like you know a long campaign theoretically, <laughs> so it's going to get to the point of like you know where you would find out that Mercer Frey um, was uh, contracted. Um, was it the Dark Brotherhood to kill um, Dequai's brother, but he didn't. He ended up trapping him, giving him to her scene to be the ultimate prey in the hunting grounds. And the only way for you guys to get to the hunting grounds to be able to get him out is there's, you know, a very long companion's route. You could probably get to it, maybe, kind of. Um, I, I I never followed that route, but you could probably... Re like created yourselves a story to be able to get through that or worshipping her scene yourselves um, and uh, or you could go that route and then try and take down Marissa Frey and that was going to be your big fight to cry it was going to be you uh, going after Mar Marissa Frey and I was going to see if I could do like a like a catch 22 is like um, do you want the the key is there and Mercer Frey is there, and do you go and grab the key, 
or do you kill Mercer Frey? You can't have both. You can't if you let him escape, um, even though with all he's done, and then get the key so you can use it, or not, and sort of let you know and then kill him, and then risk uh, losing the key. I don't know. I had no idea how we we're gonna do that, but that was like you know one idea I had. Wow, you had a lot of branches. I mean, yeah, yeah, very very much a long term campaign there. It's just, um, I know, like, you know, the last, like, few months before even that it ended, or, yeah, the few months before it, is that, I don't know whether it's just old age, or it's like, you know, just like, I've been to the doctor, and he's like, he says, oh, there, there's nothing wrong, but it's just, my memory has gone to shit, I can't remember, like, hardly anything, it's like, the, the, like, the other day, I was, like, trying to remember the name of a tool that I, I've used, like, every day for the last 20 odd years, and for, like, hours, I couldn't remember the name of a pair of tweezers. Yeah, the condition is referred to as CRS. Yes. I actually, I think I have CRS, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, CRS is can't remember shit. <laughs> oh, right, <thank> you. <laughs> just um so i was getting into the like the games and then i was the uh, same as i am here tonight it's like oh and this happened with this guy oh you know that guy his yeah. name is yeah. and it's just it was just getting worse and worse um and i mean when uh the when we got to what should we call it riverwood and then we got there, and then you guys, like, I had, like, all right, you guys could go here, and then from Riverwood, and then all this stuff is going to happen in Riverwood. So it's like, right, you meet with Gerda, you can talk with them, you know, meet with this guy. Uh, but at no point on this story did I have plan leave. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> there was one, two, three, four, and five, and then and nowhere one of them was, like, you know, was number six, which was, like, leave. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Why didn't I think of that? So I was like, right, maybe I'll like you know a bit overzealous, like you know, obviously, uh, as you can hear from like you know the rest of the stuff is like you know, I had plans upon plans that sort of like all things interject, and I I was had it too structured, so yeah. I like yeah. take my hands off a little bit, and, and then sort of like you know when I pulled my hands off a little bit, oh it was a little nicer and easier, and then sort of like you know I was like, um, oh but. Right, we'll have to go to this person and talk to that NPC, and I don't remember the name, and uh, and then I couldn't. <laughs> so it yeah. was yeah. well, and and eventually we would have had to come up with some kind of a fast travel method because, I mean, it would have taken us thirty episodes just to get to uh, Dragon's Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I wasn't um, when I sort of like you know came up with that because I didn't. You see, the problem with it is that. If it was as small as what the game was, was where you could get from each town within like you know a few hours, um, or the next town like you know just within an hour or so, um, it was like, well, what's the point in sort of like you know, like a dragging up a mountain? It's not as if it's going to be an epic quest when it takes you like twenty minutes just to get up to the yeah to the top of the mountain and yeah. things like that. So I thought I'd expand it, and then I was <clears throat> basing the map on uh, was it a, what you call it a map of Alaska. I just got mm. Alaska, and I turned it on its side, yeah. and then used the uh, the dimensions of that to be mm. as Skyrim. Wow, um, that's big. Yeah, 
um, <laughs> that ended up being too big and uh, it ended up sort of like you know interfering with the sort of like the flow of the game because obviously the i mean you guys would have come up with a fast travel system yourselves um well we could have taken oh, carts right i mean yeah. we work carts into the game i know that's not really uh but let's yeah or you, or you can do things like you know you can compress like like instead of like camping because we would like camp and we'd do watches and blah 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 blah, blah you could just say because a lot of a lot of times dms will like especially once the characters get to a certain level and you know wolves and bears aren't threats anymore you just say okay you camp and unless yeah. the dm sort of has a planned encounter you just camp and then and then you can then further compress that to say okay you know you do you do one roll for an entire week or, or you don't even do a roll at all you just say it takes a week and, and in a way that some of that's good because it lets the players like one way you can do that is the players can use that like for you know research or npc or talking or what you know, it's like a role playing a character but you don't necessarily have to like literally roll it out and, you, and if you just want to all get there you can say okay it takes a week and you're there you know so you don't you, you can shortcut stuff like that if you just want to kind of get to the meat of a story and it's it's effectively a way to fast travel just skipping all the encounter rolls and stuff yeah yeah and so like you know when we started off with level one it was easier going through like you know camping each day because if you do encounter yeah. a bear or like two wolves yeah that's that's a bit of a fucking challenge yeah. for yeah. level yeah. ones um but when it started getting into later and something like, you know you want to and uh, as well myself i was like oh i want to get to i want to get to this part i want to get to this part <laughs> yeah. i want them to meet this person and talk to that person and sort of like you know where to discover that um so um to in, in case we like you know run out of time you know because obviously you guys um have lives and it's like the middle of the afternoon so you can still go and do shit um, well we have a superb owl today so. yeah 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 oh yeah <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so leading into uh, Luke's, uh, the rest of uh, Luke's story, uh, his and Lydia's story is that obviously uh, she is also an ice worker, so she's Lydia ice worker, but obviously she's Lydia of White One uh, in the game. Um, and <laughs> nobody knows her as White One. But um, it turns out later that the reason why you were sent to. Um, what you would call it, to Skyrim, um, but you also led, uh, you, you know, in your earlier story, uh, it obviously came out in the game, but I don't think it was too clear that uh, Luke, um, so in his younger days, he his friend had yeah. um, had left off to, like, you know, join, uh, become an adventurer and sort of, like, you know, join a mercenary group or something like that, but he ended up joining uh, or being indoctrined into this group of bandits and they sort of like enticed him in with skooma and sort of like i had him addicted to that and he uh through the stories um luke managed to leave and he uh didn't he actually don't remember 100 percent myself but didn't he tell you a letter saying come out and meet the guys and join us or is he, he i think he sent me a letter like asking for help i think is what it was um i, I forget there was something and, and like I, I i don't remember maybe maybe it was maybe it was joining it and then when i got there he said you've got to help me i think that's what it was yeah he sent me a letter like hey you got you need to come join me this is great and, yeah and, and luke said sure what the hell 
Because uh, you know, he, uh, yeah, he was a oh, year older. Than he, yeah. yeah. And that was the other thing, by the way, Colin, that sort of maybe had the... Uh, had the, had the Star Wars connection. It's like, okay, this is, you know, this is Big Starklighter who went off the Academy and, like, it just <laughs> broke bad for him. Instead of, like, him joining the Academy, it broke bad. And so Luke, like, like followed his older friend off and, and it's like, uh, what if, uh, you know, what if, what if the, uh, what if, what if Big Starklighter got, you know, like, like caught up with Jabba the Hutt instead of joining the Academy? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you get, he gets there and then, oh, yeah, um, should we call it? It gets a little bit. If it hasn't, wasn't already. It gets a little bit convoluted. Uh, there was a, like a little side story I was going to do, like, uh, but um, while he was there, he was going to try and get his friend out of uh, the bandits, but he was obviously addicted to skooma, and this is where Luke had um, met with uh, that bandit uh, that you guys defeated in Helgen. Yeah, I wondered and where he, he where he fit into that. Yeah. Yeah, so he was, he was the bandit leader. He was the guy who was in charge of doing all the raids, but the one who was the boss um, was obviously the Argonian, the alchemist yeah. that you guys battled around. He was in charge, but he was doing the same thing now. He was creating skooma and making it highly addictive and poisonous because he was like, um, like planning this like you know big death thing of like you know poisoning the high and like an entire warp table stuff like that <clears throat> but while he was there just before uh, Luke could get his friend out um, they had captured these people along the road and had taken the prisoner one had done the woman and the other one a Breton male and they had him trapped and the I was it the the Dunmore woman had a like a really bad um, was it um, wound on her forehead um, so she was barely out of it, but the the Breton man was being very difficult and fighting back. So the the boss, the guys who you guys fought, uh, ordered Luke's friend to kill the Breton, and he gave him a, a crossbow. And then uh, Luke, even though Luke was surrounded by all the other bandits, and then had his friend were there. Luke stood in between the Breton and his friend trying to talk him out doing it and then um, an accident occurred like you know where I, I believe I can't remember exactly uh, either he tried to hit you like you know with the back side of like the bottom side of the uh, the crossbow like let's say he's holding it up in two hands and the arrow is pointing up into like to the side and he tries to bash you with it and you bash you with your shield or something like that, and it ends up going off and the, um, the what you call it the the bolt goes into his his friend's neck. Yeah, yeah. And it ends up killing him. Yeah, that, that's and why Luke won't use any, because it because original D and D clerics like couldn't use bladed weapons because they were following like a medieval cleric route. Yeah. But current D and D, that's not a thing. But then Luke, by choice, doesn't use any sharp bladed weapons in combat because he doesn't want to doesn't want it going off like he won't use a missile weapon or a sharp bladed weapon, so he only uses a hammer or a mace. Yeah. And uh, the, or, or magic, he's okay using like ranged magic, but not but not a ranged weapon. Yeah. So um, yeah, when the, the the bolt went into his friend's neck, all the blood started busting out, and sort of like Luke put his hands around his throat, and all the blood came out all over his hands, and blah blah blah, and then he died. And while this was going on, the Breton picked up a weapon and started fighting. And just as this was happening, uh, a load of Imperial soldiers raided it, 
uh, came in and all instantly all the the because oh, before that all the bandits were like acting big and everything like that, and um, then the minute the imperials uh, soldiers came in, they all gave up. They all throw their weapons and oh, like thank me, prisoner, blah blah blah, is, like you know, literally turning out to be the cowards that they were. Um, but there was a little scuffle before that happened, and uh, Luke and the, yeah, Luke went a little bit nuts. Tore, that was it. You tore a, a table uh, leg off a, um, off of a table, it was like a wooden table, and he ripped one of the what you call it, one of the legs off of it. And him and the Breton started fighting all the bandits, and I think Luke killed like two or three of the bandits in there before all the Imperials came in, and then and stuff like that. So. Yeah. so uh, later on, when you get to right one after the sort of like you know meeting up with Numenex, um, Lydia was going to be in White Run, and her and her father sort of like pull you aside and pull you into um, Bree's home, which is one of the Dragonborn's homes. And as you're going in there, you're going to sort of like you know see his house, and then you see a painting of a wall of a man um, sort of like kneeling down, um, sort of like you know giving this like what appears to be a, like a staff like a very fancy staff to this girl with short strawberry blonde hair and um sort of like you know in a green dress and you look very closely and it's the same breton that you met in ah. the, yeah. the breton you said uh, was actually the dragon <laughs> so you saved the dragon's born life just before he before he ever made it to skyrim and there's going to be this whole story before it but the re the it gets worse for Luke because he thinks that like you know this is all fate of him saving him, but once you get to it, that the, the only reason why Kind sent sent you to like you know to go to your friend and why your friend died was obviously you were there to protect the Dragonborn, oh. uh, <laughs> and the reason why you were sent to Skyrim the second time was to. Uh, protect our guide, um, the the sort of like the keeper of Parthenex, um, Botty, and the reason why this is because of your name. Is uh, the Ice Walkers are renowned is that there the was the reason why the Thalmor after them is because the Ice Walker name came up before at the end of the oh. <laughs> the Oblivion Crisis. So in the Oblivion Crisis, there's a champion that helps out uh, Martin Septon, the last Dragonborn, um, and uh, the the champion of Oblivion, the one who sort of like you know saved um, uh, Kavach and sort of like helped destroy sort of like a Molag Bal and all that sort of thing. That was uh, an Ice Walker. So your ancestor was the champion of Oblivion. So the the protagonist of the Oblivion game was your great great grandfather. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it was a long line of basically you are basically the bodyguards of the heroes. You weren't, you weren't the heroes, you were the champions. Uh, the Dragonborns were the heroes, and you were their bodyguards or their guides. And, you know, the only reason why you were in that room, or you and your friend were in that room, was to save him. The only reason why you've come to Skyrim is to protect Potty, all that sort of thing. So, where it started off at the game, where it was like all about you, it turned out that it wasn't actually about you. It was like, you know, you were just there just to help out. 
Very nice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. Well, it, it's right, probably right better that we didn't uh, advance any further than we did, because uh, Jaquai was already monopolizing most of the fights. Um, yeah, I did make him a little bit OP. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, you know, if we, if we had gotten to the fifth level, um, he would have had two attack rolls. You know, two uh, yeah. attacks per turn. Um, along with the extra key points, he would have just been, you know, okay, you know, two hours later, <laughs> you know, and he's, you know, still, st still rolling, still taking uh, creatures out. So, yeah, so that's where my inexperience of running games came in. Is like, obviously, uh, with um, which we got it do. The species uh, trait or the sort of like the races of what they're the benefits that they get um i gave you claws because you get that in the game <coughs> so i raised your um your fist damage from was it a d4 to a d6 right um but i was going to giving you that for the claw so was it in later levels what was it it, it increases doesn't it to, well, you uh, get uh, yeah so everything every your attacks all bump up and you also get the key points to spend on, um, you know, things like flurry of blows and yeah, you know, extra yeah. attack uh, moves. Yeah, I mean, monks monks get to be super badass, and but it usually takes a little bit longer because they have to they have to kind of get, get through those early levels, and so you kind of got a little bit of a boost to make the early levels even yeah. even a little bit more buff. Uh, yeah. But, but know, monk monks are, are are a little bit glass cannony because, like they they they. They can dish it out, but like if they ever get hit, it can be a real problem. <laughs> yeah, because they don't wear any armor. I mean, obviously their their speed is their yeah, armor. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Dex, right. Like, like you know, to avoid it. But if they do get hit, then was it? I what did you roll for health points? Was it you got? Uh, I think Luke had like a D10 or something like that for health points, or D12. D8 for cleric. Is it six or eight for monks? Right. Um, it, your, uh, eight. Eight. Yeah. But you did go. Uh, actually, was it Jaquai's the only one who went down, wasn't it? He? he went in down in that Helgen fight. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. a little bit you, you, uh, <laughs> carried away. <laughs> yeah, you rolled I up. Could have, I could have easily had, in, instead of continuing to attack, I could have, um, you know, used my speed uh, to get further away than than he would have been able to uh, react to um, but um, I didn't did he get you with a tossed dagger I'm, I'm, he, I think he threw a dagger uh, at you yeah I can't remember That's I know it was, it was really all right. it all boiled down to the fact that I was still too close to him yeah um, yeah. yeah that was uh, was it um, and Luke made good use of it that was his um, was it his attack because that's what he recognized the the guy as well wasn't it and you yeah. threw your shield yeah. on a thing got your hammer out two-handed instead of like you know the normal one-handed and then he used his bonus action to cast healing word yeah, to get yeah. you back up on your feet and then yeah. he went in and just pounded the shit out of him yeah yeah that was a it was a real good fight there yeah that was yeah that was a, that was a good one yeah so uh so we're, we're maybe at maybe maybe we're at time i saw I, I, I had an idea maybe if once we get this posted uh 
you know, because maybe Andrew will have a chance to listen to this. Um, you know, he might have some, even if he can't join us, maybe he could fire off some questions if we want to kind of do a, 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 a rap session to the rap session. We could, uh, we could get this out on the feed, see if it has any questions. You know, Adam, who joined us as uh, the, the, uh, the Dawn Guard, yeah, might have some, uh, some ideas or some questions because uh, I feel like there's, I feel like we could do another one of these and not get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because and we um, we also have uh, Michael's character. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, if you guys remember, um, he was gonna uh, tie in um, with a little with the uh, the Hercene stuff. Because um, if you remember when he left Helgen, there was that great white stag. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, out. Yeah. That was actually her scene looking at him because he is <laughs> a, he is a great hunter. He serves kind. Uh, he's because he he's from um, which oh Froki is his granddad because he's uh, the kid who was in Helgen that survives. That um, what's his name? Uh, oh, what's the the guy at the start of the game? That's not Rayloff. The other guy. Hadvar, 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 Hadvar. Yeah, is 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 the guy at the top of White River Watch. Like yeah. they, they're yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's Hadvar. Um, he's the he's the guy who saved um, uh, Michael's character, who I forget the name of as well. Uh, but he saved him, and that's why he had a bit of an imperial red splash in his um, yeah, in in his garb, what in the armor that he was wearing. Um, but yeah, he he serves kind, but he was such a good hunter that uh, her scene is after him. So, uh, and also that book you guys picked up in that um, what should we call it in that dungeon um, where you went and fought the giant spider, and then you went down and you found sort of like you know this um, what should we call it this still burning forge. You found a book and it was uh, it had a, a thing of. Um, <laughs> it was written in ancient Nord, which, what you may call it, uh, Luke could read, but it also had this thing of the master we serve, and then it was his, more than likely his name, but it was written in a different language, which was the dragon language. But obviously, he couldn't read that. But um, if you guys had to, because you had a short rest, you guys are sitting around and talk about it, if you had to talk about it to Michael's character, Michael can read and speak dragon language. Oh, cool. Because he, because his his enemy, because he's a, a ranger, his um, favorite enemy, or not fair, he's got a favorite terrain, and then he's got um, like nemesis enemy or something like that, and he learns all about them. So, and I done it so that uh, Froki knew the dragon language because he's fucking old. Yeah. Really, yeah. Um, so in his travels, like all the time, he found books and stuff yeah. like that. So he taught him. So you would have told. Uh, if you were to show showing that book to uh, Michael's character when you're in Helgen, he would have been able to read that and tell you that that was Numenor. Oh wow! wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, and also, also when you were on your way to Helgen, you saw a campfire halfway up a mountain that lit up the side of um, what you call it? Uh, I can't remember what was um, the name of it, but it's the the. The, the ruins that are right near Falkreath, and if you look up into the mountain, you can see them cut into the side of the face, and you actually saw a campfire burning up there. <laughs> that was holding. If you guys had to go completely off book and just went, well, look at that, and then sort of like walked right <laughs> up that mountain, you would have met, you would have met, like, you know, holding, 
Spartanax right there, you would have had a, like you know an, impro an impromptu sort of like meeting with him before he sort of like you know oh well see you guys later I'm off this way and you will have went on your jolly way sort of thing. Like that. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Was there, um, is there anything else? I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, there was. Um, if as I said, if you want to come back and do another, uh, another one, um, see if we get any do we get any questions. Um, we can post this and then see if we have any questions of like you know where we answer people's questions of the. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think we should. Yeah, because it's uh, we're 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 going on a long longish episode here, and uh, as as uh, Victor said, there's the big game for those that are so inclined to pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Colin, this is uh, fantastic. You, know, you you said some nice things uh, at the top of the show about all of us as players, and uh, definitely return all that. This was. Uh, a great uh, a great little experiment and who knows maybe it's something we come back to someday somehow but uh, love all the ideas uh, really pretty incredible what, what all you put together yeah for sure uh, yeah. yeah well you're Amazing. a really good storyteller so that's that's uh, you know just I think this one got just out of, slightly out of control too too complex perhaps yeah yeah <laughs> my, my eyes were bigger than my stomach I was like, you know, two yeah. whatever whatever this like you know there's probably about 50 sayings about it but uh, <laughs> yeah I, I, I was just too ambitious like you know especially like I'd never even played it before let alone fucking PM'd it and then I was yeah. like doing this uh, massive fucking thing and then I was like how do I tie all this together so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and you were dragging a couple of rookies along with you too, because neither yeah, totally. neither uh, Andrew or I had played D and D at all before. I played so little; it might as well have been none. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, all you guys were, were fantastic, and taking the the characters, <laughs> it's like some of the stuff that you guys were, were running with, um, especially um, Jaquai, um with uh, his. <laughs> with his money <laughs> I'm going to go and buy Helgen um, yeah, that was yeah. just like I was like toying with an idea of like all you guys like like you know again the campaign long of like all pooling your money together and sort of like you know setting up a base in Helgen sort of like kind of like uh, Helgen reborn the mod sort yeah. of thing and stuff like that and then Shikwai was like no it's, it's mine fuck off <laughs> 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 that's that's new Kijiti land. That's yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, elsewhere, elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's there you go. Nice. There you go. Well, Colin, thanks, thanks, thanks again. This was uh, yeah. this was this was great, and uh, uh, I guess we we'll we'll take ourselves out for here, but uh, but maybe uh, maybe we'll have uh, momentum for another one because this was a lot of fun just talking through all this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for downloading this edition of Skyrim 10 AD. Email the show at skyrim10ad at gmail.com. For more information, please visit asapodcasting.com, where you will find a Skyrim Attic podcast, the Fallout feed, and our Amazon link, which benefits the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Find our social media in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Skyrim 1080 would like to thank Tabletop Audio for the use of their music in this podcast. If you would like to find more music like this, just go to tabletopaudio.com for more information. Thank you.